Welcome to Spirit School. My name is Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. I am the host of your Spirit School, where I will share all the lessons and learnings that I have uncovered through my intuitive development and mediumship development journey. I am a professional psychic and medium, an intuitive teacher and mentor, and I look forward to walking alongside you on this journey. Hello, Spirit School listeners. Thank you. Welcome back to this week's Spirit School episode. I have a very exciting guest. I'm super excited to interview for you all. And I know when I put it out to my Instagram followers, they're very excited for this guest to come on too. Her name is Christy Whitman. She's a transformational leader, a celebrity coach, and the New York Times bestselling author of The Art of Having It All. How are you, Christy? I am awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. I'm really excited to have a conversation with you today and you just, your, your knowledge base just covers so many areas that I know our listeners will be super interested in. So I'm super excited to dig into this conversation, but first, can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, how you kind of got into this work and how you serve the world? I would be happy to. Yeah. So I, I was, you know, I was raised in like a very middle-class family. My dad did really well for, for, you know, providing for our family, but I was raised with that. It was never enough. My mom always came from the perspective where she was constantly comparing herself to her friends or my aunt and what other people had. And so I had a very uh, strict Catholic upbringing and nothing wrong with that. Just that was what I was raised in. So I would kind of like say I was raised in Catholic and also lack because that was what my mom really believed in. So I found myself out on my own, graduated from college, checked the box on everything I was told that was going to make me happy. And I was living in the great city of Chicago, I was living with my best friend in a brownstone, had health and you know vitality in my body, looking pretty good, also had a great career, making lots of money, and I wasn't happy. I was so unfulfilled. And what was even more annoying or even more painful is like, wait a minute, I have everything that I was told would make me happy or as I have everything that I thought at least would make me happy and I'm still unhappy. What's, what's going on with this? So I started that hunger, that, that drive, if you will, really started to evoke, you know, obviously as the universe does and asking. And I found myself dating a, a guy that lived in California And, um, I know that that was just a complete stepping stone because I asked the company I was working for to transfer me to California. And when I got there, realized he was not the guy for me, but he had introduced me to one person and that person was a hairdresser. And so I went and got my hair cut from Janine and she had this energy and I didn't have that language back then, but she had this way about her that was so joyful and, and there was just something, I couldn't put my finger on it. And I'm watching her as we're talking, as she's cutting my hair and finally being as blunt as I am, I'm like, okay, I gotta know, what do you do? And she just started laughing because she understood what I was asking, even though I didn't. And she said, well, I do a spiritual meditative practice and I bring in light and I work with energy. And I, and I well, how do you do that? Where do you do that? And she said, I have a meditation teacher And so I asked for the meditation teacher's phone number. And as I was done with the conversation, got my haircut, I'm walking out the salon and I'm dialing Melanie's phone number. So within about a week, I went to this house and uh, there were crystals and angels, you know, statues and all these different things around. And I thought, what am I getting myself into? Where am I? This is so not, you know, I was not seeped in this. This was, this is not what I'm used to very woo woo. If you want to use that language, right? So, uh, I sit down with Melanie and the first thing she says to me is you create your own reality. Now this is 25 years ago. This is, was not, you know, internet nowadays. I mean, books that were about energy and meditation and all that kind of stuff. When the back, back, back of the bookstores, they were in the, the places where the witches and witchcraft would go. And, you know, it was, it was very secretive. It was very taboo. And so, when she said that to me, I'd never heard that before. You're, you create your own reality. And there was something that just, I knew that to be true. I don't know how I knew that to be true. And I let that truth kind of come out and I felt that. And then my logical brain kicked in and went, well, how? And then she went back into, well, you're either attracting things to you or repelling things from you. Mm. 
by how you think. And I thought about it and I went, that's true. Yes, that's true. Again, my logical brain kicked in and went, how? What do you mean by my thoughts? Because I obviously knew I could change my mind. I don't want to do this anymore. I'd rather do this. I don't want to go there. But my, my thoughts, I have control over my thoughts. Not my thoughts, just my thoughts. For the first time having that realization that thoughts are not necessarily true, it, that was like completely blew my mind away. And so she gave me an assignment. She was just go home. Let's set up another appointment for this week. I want you to start paying attention to your thoughts and be mindful of what you think. Danielle, I was so negative. And what I now understand as I look back from all the years that I've, you know, obviously been a coach for 20 years and I've been an author for 20 years and, and all the things that I know now, I was so seeped in lack. Mm-hmm. I had to re program and retrain the thoughts that every thought that came into my head was of lack, not enough. I'm not good enough. Compare, criticism, condemnation, complaining, all of that. No wonder I didn't feel good. Mm. I, I could have achieved everything I wanted in life. And if I still had that inner, you know, dialogue happening, I would of course never feel fulfilled. And I was in a boxing ring with God because the upbringing I had was that God was this thing that was outside of you. It was judging me and that I had to be really good or I was going to either be judged to go to heaven or hell. And since I didn't follow what I was supposed to, you know, I had sex before marriage and, and, you know, I smoked some cigarettes. I figure at one point I'm like, well, I'm going to hell anyway, so I might as well enjoy this lifetime. And so I became like an extreme bad girl. And I figured if you're going to judge me, judge this. And so I I felt like no matter what I was going to do, wasn't going to be good enough in God's eyes. So why even bother? Why even try? And when I got that God's not some thing, a, a symbol of a man with a long beard sitting on a cloud, sitting there with a check, you know, checklist of if I was good or bad, like Santa, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was able to start forgiving myself for the things that I had done in my past. And I was also able to start feeling that maybe I'm actually loved, you know, and since I've been channeling the council for the past year and a half, I get from an energetic level how truly infinitely love, not, not just me, but all of us are, no matter what we've done, no matter what our paths have been. And so I just continued on that path, learning and growing and, you know, just seeking out information on how to manifest and how to change this thought process and really gathered up the information that's been my life's work of how to shift from a consciousness of lack to a consciousness of abundance. And, um, in, in doing that, I've written, six books and, you know, become a coach and, you know, have my own business for about 13 years now being a life coach and certifying over 3000 law of attraction coaches. And so it's, it's been quite a ride. (laughs) I love that story. I can feel pieces of my own story weaved within yours. So I'm even more excited to talk to you now. I just posted on my Instagram the other day when I was telling people you were coming on about like my complex as a medium growing up that I never felt God would speak to me because I'd seen the back of a police car before I was 15, right? I was a really horrible teenager and I put myself at risk time and time again. So when I was told at 17 for the first time that I was a medium or had these abilities by another medium, there's no way I didn't believe them until I was 31. It took me 15 years to fully kind of like get, not even get over. I'm still working on the shame, to be honest with you, and like the mindset and, um, you know, and that's what I'm curious to ask you about, like how you overcame that. Is it simply replacing thought patterns or is there like a, a process that it takes to kind of like forgive past versions of yourself to fully kind of like step into everything you came here to do? Like, what does that look like for somebody? I love that question because it really is where my leading edge work is right now with the council and that's really becoming an energy master. So it's really to answer your question, I'm going to kind of go broad and then go more specific. But when you really think about it from who we are as a human being, from, from an energy perspective, everything is energy. We know this from, you know, quantum physics. Now we know this from modern science that everything is energy And we as human beings are energy receivers and we're energy transmitters. 
And from the receiving place, it's like, you know, most of us receive the input in the energy of you're a bad girl, you're not doing it right, you're not enough, you know, the world is not safe, all of this input into our energies. And when we're children, especially, we're like, you know, sponges just soaking up this energy, not realizing that there's a higher source that can fill us up. So there's a lot of parts of us back in time that have been imprinted with false beliefs and separation consciousness and in lack. And the good news is, is because all time is simultaneous, our past, our present, our future all exists right in this moment. You can actually work with energy and find a part of you that's stuck in time that was imprinted with a lie that you're not enough or that you're a bad girl or, 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 and be able to receive in energy from your divine self who's breathing, breathing you, is with you now, is with you then, will with, be with you in the future, and be able to receive energy into your body to release the energy from the past, from those old imprints, and bring in the now energy. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we're connecting with what we're receiving and you figure all your cells are trillions of cells are being in receptive mode of pure positive energy, whether it's love or freedom or abundance, then when we go out into the world, we're not in receptive mode to other people's negativity. It's like people say, oh, I'm an empath. I can't go out in public. I can't be around people all the time. It's because you're receiving an energy, but you're not receiving it from a higher source. Mm -hmm. Those that can receive an energy from a higher source and feel that flow, that constant flow of support and love, then your receptor sites are filled up. And now if negative energy, if you're around negative people or energy, you're actually transmuting that energy because your energy is of a higher vibration. And so that's receiving in, and then we send out energy. And when we send out energy, obviously law of attraction brings us more of the same, but we send out energy by our thoughts, our emotions, the words that we speak, the, you know, the things that we do, um, our perspectives that we have. And so we have to look at it from our perspective. The good news is that we're all free-willed individuals. We all have our own free will. Nobody can choose our thoughts for us. Nobody can choose our emotions for us. We get to do that and we get to choose whatever we want to experience. So it's not just about changing the thought I'm actually getting to your question now. It's not about just... (laughs) I'm I'm all in. I'm super interested. (laughs) I felt like it had to be, you know, all that had to be said first. So it's not just about changing the thought because the thoughts create the emotions and the emotions create the thoughts. They build on each other and they create this momentum. And so that's why when you have someone that has a, a, a habit of guilt or shame. That used to be mine. I I used to have a lot of shame because I used to get a lot of guilt from my mother. I used to, you know, she would try to guilt me and I bought into it. So I would feel shame. Well, the thoughts of shame activate the emotions of shame and the emotions of shame activate the thoughts of shame. So a lot of times we think we got to go to the thoughts and change the thoughts and then it will change everything. We have to actually go to the emotions because the emotions are so much more powerful than the thoughts. And if we can isolate the thoughts from the emotions, work with the emotions, now that more intensification of energy is gone and it's easier to change the thought. It is for sure. I I totally resonate with that. And I have to say when I first, before I get into the council, because I want to know more about this and have a follow-up question too, but when I first saw the secret, like even like when I was just starting to develop as a medium, like six, seven years ago, um, I tried to do the thinking of manifesting and I got so drained and exhausted. And I could tell, like, even just hearing you speak to it, I feel like I was missing that emotional aspect that kind of like further integration into it. Cause I gave up in like two days. I'm like, I am so tired of trying to think (laughs) positively right now. (laughs) Like (laughs) it totally drained me, but, um, I, I like the way that you describe it and just like the bigger picture. Now, one of the questions I got in relation to what you were just speaking about, um, and thank you for sharing so much of your story because you've already answered so many of the questions that have come through by you just sharing what you experienced. And a funny thing is a clairsentient who picks up um, spirit through my physical body. Whenever I connect with somebody who's Catholic, I break into sweats. (laughs) It's like the sign that spirit gives me. It's like my palms go sweaty, my nervous system. I feel like like I'm in trouble, quite frankly. It's so funny. funny. 
So the way you describe some of what your, your mom's impact on your life, that makes total sense. Um, So one of the questions I really enjoyed from my Instagram followers was around how do we spare our children from having to go through what we're going through? Or is there actually like a divine purpose to experiencing and overcoming shame, overcoming fear, overcoming guilt? Or is there something that we can do to help the next generation be spared from some of that? Well, every single human being has connection with their divine or the potential to connect with their divine. And children obviously are very connected with their divine. It's the big people that usually reprogram them out of that connection because we want to have them be a certain way and act a certain way and do a certain way and not be in alignment with their own instincts and their own intuition and their own connection. And because sometimes their connection doesn't meet our agenda as parents. And so it's, it's a balance. I mean, I know I have to do it with my kids. My, my two sons are nine and one of them's turning 11 this month. So right now, currently they're nine and 10 And, you know, one's super, super easy, go with the flow. The other one is just give me that. I want this. I want to experience that. Can I have this? Just very passionate, wants to curious about life. And as a parent, it's like, I just want to sometimes go stop asking. And yet at the same time, what I know, I don't want him to stop asking. Because as you're asking, that's evoking our free will choice. And because it's an attraction-based universe and not an assertion-based universe, most people are waiting for the help. Most people are thinking, you know, they want the help, but they don't know that they can ask their divine self for a a ray of joy and be filled with that. I want my son to continue to ask because that's what starts the energy flowing. That's what starts the creation process, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of really being able to parent from our love body, from our light body and not our pain body. And our kids are teachers for us because if there's something that they're doing that's pushing our own buttons is because that's what's wounded in us. And it's a great opportunity to see those buttons are ours. They're not about them changing. It's about us and being able to get neutral and, you know, create a healing as an adult around our inner child. And at the same time, be able to parent where we're not guilting, right? So my mom, for example, to, to throw it down the line, right? I mean, my mom would say, well, all the things I do for you, you think you could, right? Or it's just the, just the expectations, right? Well, if you would do that, then I'd be happy, right? And in that moment, that's been a real boundary creator for my mom is to say, well, I'm going to choose to be happy either way. And yet I'm, I'm not going to do that because that doesn't feel good for me because the guilt comes. And then if we don't do what that person wants us to do to make them happy, you know, cause it's that, that guilt is a way of getting them. It's a manipulation, it's a control so that they get what they want. So they guilt us into doing it. And then if we do it, we feel shame because we know that's not what we wanted to do. Or if we don't do it and kind of follow our own path, then we feel shame because now I'm not making my mom happy, right? So it's a matter of cutting that game. It really is a game. It's it's the drama triangle. And most people in as a human, and, and the council can speak to this, of course, we learned how to either play three roles in our relationships, either rescuer, the victim, or the persecutor, the bad guy, right? The good guy, the bad guy, or the poor me guy. And when we're in relationship with each other, you know, when, when mom is saying, well, you need to do this in order to make me happy, I then have to play the rescuer to make her happy. But if I don't play the rescuer, then what's being perceived is I'm the bad guy because I'm not going along with what she wants. I'm not being the easy kid, right? And then there comes this guilt. And, but here's the thing is, it's up to us. Are we going to allow ourselves to feel shame? One of the ways that I cut this pattern for myself, and I was feeling guilty the other day because um, I gave away some toys of the kids when they were, you know, kid, babies and, the, and they didn't, um, I didn't ask them because I'm like, oh, these are baby toys. And I started to feel guilty, like, oh my God, what if they want this stuff, you know? And I had to say to myself, wait a minute, guilt is an emotion 
that should be felt if you deliberately did something to hurt or harm somebody else. Mm. So did I give away those toys to deliberately hurt or harm them? No, they don't use them anymore. They don't even know it's there. And it's going to be great for other kids that are that age. So it was like, I could just release all that and let all that go because the guilt then creates shame. It's like guilt and shame are like, you know, they're, they're sisters. And when you feel one, you typically feel the other. When you're being guilted, you feel the shame. Or you, if I would have said, oh my God, I feel so guilty. I can't believe I did that. Then I would start shaming what is wrong with me. You should be a better mom. It's in the language of yeah. should and ought to's and, and all that. So it's important for us as energy masters to understand that just like I did the other day, you know, that it doesn't mean that the emotions won't come up. Mm-hmm. I had that feeling, that emotion of guilt. And I went, whoa, wait a minute. I don't need to feel this. I don't need to experience it. It's not like I went and robbed a bank and deliberately hurt someone and then I should feel guilt. Or I went into my son's room and took a toy that I know he plays with now because I wanted to punish him. You know, that, that wasn't what I did. And so that feeling of guilt is so misused with us and everything is energy, Mm -hmm. guilt, shame, all of its energy. So a lot of people are because of their past. And I know I did because of my upbringing is I would feel this like level of shame and that shame makes us feel horrible inside of ourselves, which makes us want to escape ourselves, which that's one of the reasons why I was quote unquote, a bad girl anyways. I was smoking pot and smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol and, you know, sexing around and doing all this stuff because I didn't feel good in myself. So I wanted to escape myself in anything, whether it was a cup of coffee or a cigarette or, you know, a joint or whatever it was, just to make myself feel better for a temporary fix of this horrible feeling of being inside myself. And then we get into that, like, I would feel that with marijuana, for example. I would like, oh my God, I just can't, I can't handle it. So I'm going to smoke. And then I would smoke. And then I would feel guilty because I smoke because I know that's not what I should, should be doing. And that's bad for me. And all the other people would be so disappointed and da, 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 da. And then I'd start feeling more shame, which would make me want to smoke more pot. And then it would just be this vicious cycle. Yeah. So we got to get to the shame and understand the shame tank is all energy. It's a set point. It's a habitual way of being and thinking that each one of us has the ability to shift, but first starting by flushing the the shame tank, flushing that out of our system so that we're clean and clear and that we're being in receptive mode to the energy that we do want to experience. Yeah. So how do you flush out that tank? Like, is it like a therapeutic kind of experience or are you using just like energy to like literally like flush it out. Um, and then the other thing too, is do you ever get like re-triggered with some of the past shames and then you just are better equipped with resilience to, to get back to your preferred set point? Good question. Yeah. I can actually have myself or the council, either one, I could have the council come in and do a really nice, um, shifting on the shame tank. Yeah. And that's what it is. Think about it. Right. It's like, okay, you've released all this, this shame, you feel clean and clear. And then all of a sudden you've got a habitual way of thinking and a habitual way of being. So now that your shame tank is clear and you're like, oh, I feel good. Now the minute it happens again, you're going to be way more aware of it. And then it's just a matter of dealing with it then. I mean, all emotions are there for us to experience and be in this lifetime. It's like anger, for example. Mm -hmm. My set point was always at anger because I felt like, I always had something or someone to be angry about or with. So I would have to clean out the anger and clean out the anger. And there were a lot of imprints of anger. So it felt like I was constantly like almost flushing the anger out until I got to a place where it's like more of the light came in than the set point of anger. And it was, there's a tipping point. And when that starts to happen where you're like, oh, you know, where I was in more of, I'm in more more of my light body or my love body now than my anger body. Mm -hmm. And then I'm clean and clear. I don't go around feeling angry all day, every day anymore. But when something happens that I feel angry at, I allow that whoosh of that emotion to come up so that I can, I can have that as communication that this is not okay. This is a boundary. 
this is, you know, I had a client literally last night, nine o'clock text me. I don't know how she got my phone number. I'm, you know, I love my clients. I'm complete in service, but for me, that's a, that's a boundary. I mean, again, I don't give my phone number out to, to clients. And she was texting me saying, I'm suicidal and help me. And I, I need you to get on a zoom call with me right away. That, that like felt angry, you know, and it's like, you have so many tools and you have so many things. And I have my assistant, this is your suicide prevention hotline. If this is where you're at, but, but there's a boundary that I need to create in my own life. Now, here's shame and guilt, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but shouldn't you have? No. Otherwise I'm rescuing her. And by rescuing her, I'm saying she's a victim. Yeah. She's not a victim. I don't see her as a victim. Counsel doesn't hold her as a victim. She was reaching out and is freaking out. She's not going to do that. I know that, that communication. So, but for me to go, oh yes, let's get on a Zoom call right now. I'm, a, I'm about to get my Friday night massage after I'm done spending it with my family, but let me just drop everything for you and get on Zoom. You know, then I'm buying into the fact that I'm a rescuer, which rescuers, they always turn into victims because if I did show up and I didn't help her, then I would somehow become a victim which that's not a pattern I'm willing to go with in with anybody, my kids, my husband or clients. Yeah. But there was a moment last night where it's like, Oh, but you should, Oh, the guilt. I'm like, I am not doing anything to harm anybody. There's no reason I need to feel guilt. There's no reason I need to feel shame. Every time I show up for this client, give her everything I got. There's nothing shameful about that. There's nothing shameful about saying it's nine o'clock on a Friday night. The answer is no, that's my boundary. And that's where we have to, once we clear the energy to be able to realize what's okay or not. Okay. What are our boundaries? Where does that energy of anger come in and let it communicate through us? I'll I'll just give you an example. A few, a few weekends ago, we had a, um, a gardener who is in our community center who he knows the rules. None of the gardeners are supposed to start on the weekends on Saturdays and Sundays before eight o'clock. And this gardener keeps pushing the envelope. Like he'll start at seven 30 and we've gone out and we said something to him and, Oh, sorry, sorry. And then he'll seven 15, seven o'clock. It's like he, no matter how many times we talk to him and, and complain to the community center, nothing gets done. Six 30 in the morning, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. And I'm like, I've had it. I'm done being Mr. Nice Guy. And I went outside and are you crazy? And he looked at me and him and his, his little gardeners all got shocked. And I'm like, it's 6.30 in the morning on a Saturday. I'm like, I'm reporting you to the community center. This is not allowed. You're supposed to start at eight o'clock. And I'm laughing at what my husband last night because for the last two weekends, he's been coming on a Friday night either at two o'clock or four o'clock and no more, you know what it's like? That was my, my anger came up, not as like, I'm pissed off at the world and I'm going to show somebody, but it came up as that's not okay. Yeah. And the, and when I did communicate to the community center, they give him a warning that if you do this again, you're, you're out, you're not, you're not going to, you're going to lose your clients in this community area. Right. And all the neighbors are very grateful I did that because they didn't want to be woken up at 6.30 in the morning on a Saturday. So my point is, is that you can go around life still feeling emotions and doing something about the emotions to say, like I did last night, no, that's okay. Suicide prevention hotline is this, you know, what are my boundaries? Mm -hmm. What are the emotions that come up to inform me what my boundaries are, but to not be at that set point of anger? or shame or guilt or fear or whatever it is. Yeah. I like it. That's a really good example. And you've referenced this council of light a few times. I'm really excited to hear more (laughs) about this. And you said that you would give us a message of some kind with them. So I'd love to hear more about this as well. Well, let me, let me go get them because I'm a full channel. So I I don't like, I know you're a medium. I am not a medium. I'm actual a channel. So my consciousness goes out, theirs comes in and you'll know because they have a very different voice than I do. So um, if you want me to, I'll go get them. Yes, please. We are here. 
Hello, dear one. Thank you for inviting into this conversation. We are always grateful. Do you have questions for counsel? Is there a divine purpose to fear? Like any human emotions, where we are non-physical, where your divine self always is, is in pure positive energy, is in love, is in mm, abundance. There is not the feelings like human beings have. Human beings have emotions, spectrum of emotions really, and fear, yes, fear is one of those emotions that lets you know that there is danger or there is something to look at in a different way, some place where you're focused and you don't want to be. We like to say that fear is the result of a perspective of lack. When you are mired in lack, you don't have enough, you're not enough, there's not going to be enough opportunity or success or money or abundance or love for you in the future, it brings up a feeling of fear. It's a fear of moving forward into your future because your future projection doesn't look very good. It doesn't feel very good. And you as humans have a human brain, obviously, that is circulating all the time between your past, your present, and your future. That is why some people say just stay in the present moment. And it is virtually impossible for most human beings to do that because your brain is in the present moment thinking about what you're going to have for lunch. And then you're thinking, oh, I'm hungry now. And what did I eat yesterday for lunch? And, 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 or it can go back into money. Well, I don't see a, a way of making money right now. And then what comes up is fear, a fear of how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to have the life that I want? How am I going to, or you look out into your future and you don't see in front of you the partner that you've been wanting. And so you fear your future, you're going to be desolate and alone and lonely for the rest of your life. So fear is an indication that you are coming from lack. And it is a barometer really of where you are in a consciousness of separation. And that is a lower level consciousness. Because there's victim, separation, survival consciousness. And then there's moving up into understanding that you are deliberate creator of your life consciousness, where that you are not at the effect of something, but you are the cause by your energy and your energy mastery. And then you move up and up and up. And most human beings live at that level of being mired in fear or as you and Christy were talking about shame and guilt or anger or worry is another good one for humans. And it is all, anytime you are feeling any type of negative emotion, we just call it that, even though all emotions really are positive because they're there to communicate something to you. The ones that don't feel so good are all in lack. We, we like to say, and Christy likes to say too in her teachings before we showed up, it was really us. Don't tell her. It, it was all lack makes someone, lack feels bad, abundance feels good. And when you look at the law of sufficiency and abundance, there's a tipping point. There's that middle point. It's the sufficiency part. It's the satisfaction part, the contentment part. If someone was feeling a sense of contentment, they would not be feeling fear or worry or shame or guilt. They would feel content. They would feel the positive aspects of things. They would feel appreciation and gratitude and then tipping them into more of abundance, which abundance feels good, lack feels bad. Okay, I really, really like that. Um, is there people guiding us down here? Are you guiding us? Who's guiding us through all this? There's no people. You, you're, you have a team on each one of you if we could put it in your image, imagine you are in the center of a football stadium and this football stadium is filled and you are the one, the only one on the field. 
that all the fans, if you will, that are in the stadium, in sitting in those seats, are really who you have as each individual human has that level of support. Number one, you have your divine self. Your divine self is the one that is breathing you. It's beating your heart. It is your life. And it is connected at, it is multidimensional. And beyond that, which could be enough for a human being if you were aligned and connected with that part. But if that's not enough, you have angels and guides and masters and uh, fairies of the universe. You have so many not people, because people are what you are in a physical body, light beings, beings of light that are there to support each and every human being. But what most human beings don't realize is that they have that team on the other side of the veil and that when you start asking and then putting yourself in receiving mode, you then see more evidence of it. But it is always you in your own free will as each individual that you have to do the asking and then the receiving. They cannot impose themselves on you. Mm, makes total sense. How is we as light beings in this human experience, how can we experience the life of the greatest joy potential possible? Great question. So most of you, well, we start from a different perspective. If you were thinking about yourself as an extension of divine consciousness and the divine created you in its idea of you to be able to create through you. When you think of all the people on the planet, none of you are the same. None of you look the same. None of you have the same backgrounds and experiences. And this is by design. The, div the divine that likes to create and likes to have variation of creation and experience would be very bored if all of you were cookie cutter and looked the same. So the game, if you will, is set up where it is a very different variance. If you look at all of the different experiences that there are in this lifetime, none of them are the same. And that is exciting and fun for the divine to create through each one of you. Now, as you are a soul and you take a body and you say, I am here for the expression and expansion of love, and that family right there looks very dysfunctional, so this would be a really good opportunity for me to recognize and realize what love is, I'll take that team right there. And then you go in and you have like a little seed, a little seed being planted in the garden of your family origin, the energy, the vibration, the beliefs, the perspectives, all of it raises you to who you are. And then you start imprinting. And from your imprints, you start believing. And then you start creating. You create your own life experience. And as you do that, through your childhood, your adolescence, your early adulthood, you get to a place where, as an adult, you realize who you are. You are a light being. And now it is that opportunity to Mm, reprint what you as the human were imprinted with that don't feel good, like the conversation we were having with lack of limitation. For example, we'll use the subject of money, which is always a good subject to talk to humans about because all of you with universal you need it. Why have a dysfunctional relationship with it? Because if you think about it, you come in not knowing anything about money. You come in as that seed planted into your family of origin. And if you are the seed that is planted into a family that appreciates money and understands money, knows how to invest money and attract money and gets to enjoy their life and is grateful for the enjoyment of their life that they have and they have the freedom because of the money, that child will grow up with a respect for money, a love of money. And if you have that same seed that is planted into a garden where the mother and father constantly fight about money and money is the reason for the split up in a divorce or money was always never enough and was always really at the, the cause of the suffering 
that seed plant, that child, that adolescent, that adult will then find themselves imprinted with the struggle imprints of money. You can take the same seed, put it in a garden that has parents never mentioning money ever. There was no mention. It was like this big mystery. And then the child grows up and now needs to go and make money. And they are confused. They don't know what this thing is. No one ever taught me about it. I don't know how to function with it. I've got no frame of reference. It's very something secretive and something that I feel very disconnected from. And when there is that disconnection, they will have lack of it as well. So just even three different examples of planting in three different environments. It is then the awakened adult that says, wait, I create my own reality. It is my money. Money is energy. And I am going to reprint myself, cut the cords, feel a new energy of appreciation and gratitude for money and create my own experience with money and what I want. And that is the person, whether it's money or relationship or creation, anything you're trying to create, a business, your health and well-being, the list goes on and on. When you come to a place of realizing that everything really is energy and it is my own skill set as becoming an energy master, how to manage my own energy. That is really what it's all about. Mm, beautiful. I really resonate with that. And I'm definitely that third example that you brought up. So thank you. It made me emotional hearing that. Um, finally, Christy talked about this flushing, um, this kind of like energetic healing that you guys offer. Would you be willing to gift us that for the people attracted to listening to this episode? We would be delighted to, and we are appreciative of the experience to be able to. So we would just have all of you and your listeners start to invite in their higher levels. And you do that just by imagining that the top of your head, the chakra at the top of your head is opening up and that you are in your asking, as we were saying, asking for your divine self to bring in light and energy. And as it's bringing in light and energy, feeling as if you're being doused in a waterfall of light, as if you're under a shower head of light, just really feeling it all throughout your body, feeling it go down through the top of your head and filling up all of the trillions of cells inside of your bodies, in every organ, in your lungs, in your liver, in your kidneys, in your gallbladder, in your stomach, in all the different organs, all the muscles, all the tendons, all the cartilage, all the fascia, all the veins, all the blood flow, in all your parts of your skin, just allowing each and every one of your cells to be filled with this energy and light. And then feel for the energy you were discussing with Christy was shame. Feel as if there is like a barrel around your belly. Many times the shame tank is very full and it's like this big barrel. And what you can do is first, by releasing the energy, imagine that you are flushing it as if you are going to a toilet and flushing the energy just you kind of use your imagination like you have your shame tank and just flush it and then release. Just feel all of that energy just releasing from your body, from your lower body, from your emotional body, just releasing back into Mother Earth where she will reuse and recycle the energy. And then feel yourself up with that light. Again, dousing yourself with that higher light, letting all the places that that shame energy was staying in your body, let it be transmuted into this higher level energy. And you can even ask for specificity of what energy. So what you'd like to release is shame. Maybe what you'd like to bring in is the energy of freedom or peace or abundance or prosperity or success or love. And you ask that and your higher levels will give it to you, just allowing you to fill up with that energy. And then with this barrel, so it doesn't continue to fill up, you can imagine that you are stepping out 
of the barrel, never to have a shame tank again, or you can take it off or you can do whatever you need to just imagine the light is dissolving that barrel so that you are now free of a shame tank. So that when you feel the whoosh of emotion of shame, when the thought of shaming yourself comes up, you're more aware and you don't wait until the shame tank is full until you can't stand being with yourself anymore. So allow yourselves to just fill up with light. Feel the light in your belly, in your emotions. Feel the peace, the calm. Feel how it feels good to be inside of your body, to be connected with your divine self. Did that do it for you? Mm, it did. It made me a little emotional. Thank you. You're welcome, dear. I love that visualization. I thank you so much for honoring us with your presence and allowing Christy to be such a powerful force of good work in the world. So thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation and the work that you do in the world, dear one. And we want to say to you and all of you that will be by locating, meaning listening to this at a different time and location, that you understand that you are infinitely loved. Be well. So I always receive a little dousing of energy after I channel. It's kind of like my little reward afterwards. So you guys can allow yourselves to receive a pouring of light from the council. Oh, how was that? That was phenomenal. <laughs> for me, being like a medium who experiences energy at all levels often, like it made me really emotional when um, she started talking and some of the things that she said um, that I definitely felt like were aimed towards me even like, I'm just like, wow, like you can really feel um, the experience. So I trust that that will translate um, when this airs and that people will be able to experience this love and light that they graded gifted us with I really appreciate it and from your experience what is it like for you when you channel what does it feel like well I'm my consciousness is out so it's it's kind of like taking a nap okay right it's almost like I go out they come in and then when they're out I wake I wake up um sometimes it's funny because I'll do group uh, I'm used to it now but like even this morning I did a group meditation where there was a hundred people on a zoom call and then I come out of it and it's like imagining that you're the middle of the morning and you open your eyes and there's all these people looking at you. <laughs> so that's what it feels like it. Now I'm used to it. But before I was like, this is so weird. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know what was said, what was, you know, any of that stuff, which is, which is really great. So I celebrities like working with them because I don't know any, I don't know anything about what they said or did or anything like that. So it's pretty, Pretty good. I love it. It's phenomenal. And can I just ask too, because my own curiosity, so I'm sure other people will be too, how did they make themselves first aware to you? So I was doing, you know, I, I listen and I, I take action on what I call my assignments. And I was given an assignment of like visually seeing this council, which I didn't even know them or to the, who, who they were at the time, but this council, and they wanted me to create this sacred circle of light where every week people come together um, and do like an immersion program where they just show up and they get their energy healed. So say they got in an argument with their husband, we work on that, they're having difficult with their kids, we work on that as energy blocks. And releasing, you know, layer after layer, the, the pain body. And this one particular um, session, uh, there was five women in the group, this last woman came on and she started talking and instead of seeing and hearing and you know getting the messages super super clear it was as if i had nine people talking to me all at once mm -hmm. and i was like i can't hear i don't i don't understand i mean it was like no voices were coming through clear but it was like rah, 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 everybody's talking and all of a sudden my consciousness went like i felt like i went over my chair mm -hmm. and the whole time that they came in and were talking i was over my chair listening so I thought that with the recording, when I saw the recording, so glad it was recorded, 
that I would see myself slumped over the chair. Mm -hmm. I was straight up. I had an accent. I was, <laughs> what is that? So, um, you know, so that was the first experience, but I was very, very aware that they came through. And once they were done, I was crying. The woman was crying. Everybody else was crying. We're like, oh my God, it was, it was so incredible to experience that. And as I kept bringing them in, my consciousness would go out and they, and the more they come, the more I go out, the more they come in. Yeah. So. I love that. And the way you describe it, like I've only gone into a trance state twice, but it was for healing, not so much channeling philosophy or, or something like that. But I too felt like I was being pulled out the top of my head and over onto the side. That's how I feel when I go into such a deep state with the world of spirit. So I know exactly what you feel. Sometimes I'm like, am I literally like, leaning over to the side. Isn't that fascinating? It's like yes. the spiritual teachers talk about just stepping out of yourself for a moment so that they can come in. So um, yes. as a Virgo son, I just love the details of spiritual work. So I'm like, what is it like? <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. This has been such an honor and I just want to be really respectful of your time too. But I know that our listeners are going to learn so much from you and really enjoy um, even just the energy behind and the vibration behind everything that you speak about. And I'm sure that there's going to be lots of shifts in energy just by way of listening to this and having the council come through. So I, I have to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And how can people learn more about you? What are you offering the world? How can people work with you um, and keep in touch with you? Well, thank you for that invitation. I'd love to give everybody a gift if that's mm -hmm. good with you. Yes. Um, I, 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 you know, I've done, I do a lot of interviews and I've done it for many, many years and I get people all the time asking me, well, how do you start? Like, where's the first place to start? And I always tell them, you have to watch your words. If you watch your words, the words that you actually speak out loud, that will have you start awareness of what thoughts you're thinking, what emotions you're feeling, because in the beginning there was the word right? And our words are our wands and words create thoughts. Thoughts create beliefs, beliefs create our realities. So it's really important that we are watching the words that we use. So I created a 30 day free program. Everybody can go to watchyourwords.com and it's, it's 30 videos that are two to three minutes in length. They're super easy to consume every day. It's a great, great shot in the arm, if you will, of, of spiritual information. But I tell you, what is the word or phrase that most people say? So I give you the word of the day, why it's really dragging your energy down, keeping you in lack, keeping you disconnected, what it's doing to you and what you want to shift it to instead. And it is just a really powerful program. So I would recommend everybody go there, watchyourwords.com and start that process because that's going to give you a really good introduction to the work that I do. And, you know, if you feel inclined, then it will take you to different paths and places, but really it's, it's a powerful process. I love it. And I will link that in the show notes. so People can just get to it really easily. And I'll also link to your Facebook page and your Instagram page. It was funny because this morning I was on Facebook and it popped up a notification that you were live. And so when I clicked on it and you were speaking in this British accent, I was like, oh, I'm speaking. I'm going to speak with like a Brit today. And then when you <laughs> show up, you had no accent. I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and now, now you know why. <laughs> now I get the whole picture. It's a lot of fun. Well, um, thank you very much, Christy. I really enjoyed speaking with you and yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for what you're doing in the world. Awesome.